Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting edition of Belly of the Beast. I'm Brandon Lou, Brandon Lou. And I'm the mighty Elysia. And we're staying in while ordering out from New York's culinary scene. It's good to be back. And I am excited Excited. to be here again. (laughs) How are you, Alicia? I am doing really well. Um, I I feel like the last two weeks have been really filled with adventure in the culinary department and in the life department. I am also excited. Uh, Part of the reason why I joined you, part of it was casual girlfriend mockery. (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel like the... Not not the last two weeks. I feel like the last two weeks, when when I first think about it, the initial feeling is I didn't feel so adventurous. And now, uh, when I look back at what was actually done over the last two weeks, yeah, a lot of a lot's been going on. A lot yeah. to get excited about. Um, the reason why I didn't feel that initially is because we kind of ran away from the city in that first week. Yeah, really <laughs> And really, really necessary. Like, I've been wanting to get away from the city since the inundation of ridiculous amounts of fireworks. Like, I wanted to escape the fireworks so yeah. bad. And I didn't get to. And we put it off until um, around now. And it's probably actually not a great time. It's about to be holiday season. A lot of birthdays coming up. But it is what it is. We did it. Neither of us regret it. It was no. a lovely little four-star hotel, and I conducted some necessary business in the area. I was very pleased. It, it was so good. The The stay there was fun. We didn't really, like, partake in what they had to eat, but also we were in, like, a... It felt like such a random spot in Long Island that there wasn't exactly a lot oh, of yeah. food to partake in. It was definitely the... Uh, West Bubba fuck. <laughs> the oddly enough, in the previous episode, one of the places we talked about was Cabana and how we finally got a chance to eat there. And staying at the hotel, we were grub hubbing and found a spot called Cabana, and I still didn't get the paella. Oh. <laughs> I was so annoyed. Like he came to me, like like it was a special occasion. He goes, "All right, babe, I'm gonna do it," and I'm just like, "Oh my god, are you gonna buy the paella?" And he was like, "I'm gonna buy the paella." Five minutes later, he was like, "All right, so actually, I'm gonna get this other thing that's not the paella." You should have seen. Here's the thing that I forget: paellas are not necessarily built for one person. Uh, and I was about to order this. Two-person thing just for me, and Alicia had already ordered some food. We're not, uh, by the way, this version of the cabana is not like what our main topic is. No. So, <laughs> so I'm running through this real quick. But um, the, this version of uh, cabana, I, I was ready to get this paella, and Alicia had already ordered something else. And as I already mentioned last week, the um, we had more than one restaurant visit you know we checked out two spots so we were coming off of a birthday spot and we were coming off of uh another restaurant and then the hotel in general and i was like hey i actually need to save some money maybe not getting the baillas the smarter choice even though i was really sad about it yeah i i found myself also a little disappointed 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm the lack of paella. I was, I was sad. You know, I did get some tostones. They were all right, but Alicia's here. Alicia's been cooking up some tostones, and uh, you know what? I will take her tostones over that cabana. Like it was, it does not hold up. Yes, I'm not like, gonna lie. My tostones do taste like they came out the Chinese food store, like the one on the block that you really care about. That adds a little pepper to it sometimes, like the ones that used to be around our college. And it's funny because my experience, I understand why your experience with those dones are at the Chinese spot. But to me, that's not even an option. Like I would never get food from there. Well, not not what? get food from there, but I wouldn't get those dones from there. Nah, you missed out, actually. The dones from the How Chinese can I miss out when so those dones are part of my culture? I have them. What did I miss? What did I miss out on? I get All right. them. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Shots fired. Did you know my entire existence? But you never mind. It's like you missed out. Nah, but like on hood those donuts. Oh yeah, those hood those donuts. Like they know what's up. Like let me get the fried green plantain. That's what you call it in the Chinese food store. You be like, all right, let me get one order of fried green plantain. Well, they and some chicken wings, some chicken wings and fried green plantain. That's the order if you don't want French fries. Well, part of the reason, and, and and I didn't mean to necessarily crack jokes like that, but part of the way uh, Tostones ended up in uh, Chinese food restaurants regularly is because there were uh, Chinese-Cuban uh, restaurants that existed for quite a while because there was a Chinese uh, uh, community that existed in Cuba. And honestly, I'm starting to believe there's a Chinatown everywhere anyway. Yeah, <clears throat> super ubiquitous Chinatown. No matter where you are, I believe there's the one in Cali, but I I really think oh no they they the the, the Cali, Cali Chinatown bites off of us. No 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 China Chinatown are we off in of Cali? Cali. It's not that we're biting. We both have Chinese communities, like rich Chinese communities, for uh, completely different reasons. Um, you, you know. It's it's this is not intended to be a historical. Maybe maybe we'll do a historical uh, uh, episode one day, but Chinatown in Cali is lit. Um, I hear that it's more lit than ours. I will never really truly concede to that because I've got peoples in Chinatown and I love Chinatown. I lived right next door to Chinatown, just a stone's throw away. Um, I'm sorry. I was thinking about A Knight's Tale. It's available on Netflix right now, and I love that movie. Oh. Um, but uh, <laughs> just Net- a stone's throw away from here. Netflix, um, if you're listening, you should give us money. Everyone should give us money. But that's Feel not free to send us your money. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, but uh, Chinese Cubano restaurants were a thing in New York. That was very much a New York thing, uh, being East Coast peoples. And uh, other Chinese food places kind of, they didn't really fully get the whole Chinese Cubano vibe, but they saw that there was, you know, something that they can benefit from. There was a market they could reach out to there. And so fried plantains uh, became a fixture in all of Chinese, uh, all of Chinese food restaurants here in New York, at least. I wow. Um, I, I definitely didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't even know we'd be talking about this today. Yeah, uh, this is really interesting. Yeah. But with that said, my totones are damn good. And you can eat them up and gobble them up and feel thankful 
Throw your mayo chop on some of those tortones. Shout out to mayo chop, which which <laughs> which I assume other people call it. I never actually called it that my entire life until now. <laughs> it, I've never even heard of it before you mentioned it. So mayo chop is now the norm for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to eat my tostones with um, ketchup and mayonnaise. That is just how it was served to me. When we would go to restaurants uh, that had the garlic mojo, and I believe Cabana has the guacamole that they put on top of it. I thought these were different. Oh, no, no. They, they put the guac on the... And the bacalaitos, my bad. They did. It's the. <laughs> but the, the the garlic mojo that I find in a lot of uh, Latin and Cuban restaurants. I enjoy a good mojo. It's really good, but not what I came up putting my tostones in. So you would put, so so you would make these uh, tostones, and you seemed like a little offended at first when I asked for. Uh, mayo chup. <laughs> oh, because you know what? I feel like my culture, we just throw ketchup on everything. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not trying to put your... We call them plantains, first of all. If you're not trying to like put some ketchup on your plantains, we just eat them dry. Right. With just, we salt them a little bit and we just eat them. See, now... Like, we- I never... I wasn't insulted, but I never really thought about what it would be like to dip it in something. I'm, I'm just like, what do you need to dip it into? It's done. Right. See, now, some people think of, like, I guess, uh, not not adding things to it, but ketchup. One, all right. So people don't think of ketchup as necessarily being a particularly, I guess, great condiment, even though I have no beef with ketchup. I like ketchup on my beef. That's cool. Put that on my burger. You gross. And, um... Wow. (laughs) But, um... But there's people who, who, and I imagine these are like a small population of people. Uh, there are people who put ketchup like in their rice. And this is frowned upon. I don't believe in that. I personally, the only time I put ketchup in my rice, and I picked this up, I think, from my grandmother, is when it's like old rice. But like it's still good. Like you don't throw it out. Like I don't, I don't like throwing out food if it's not like that's not true if it's in that refrigerator more than three days he's gonna throw it out okay freshness matters to me that's true he's gonna throw it out i'm just saying if it's not so we're like grover if we're if we're if we're in this in-between period where it's not quite throw out yet yo you gonna let me talk so we gonna (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) so we if it if it hasn't reached that point where i'm not throwing it out yet but it's not as good as like the day it was first made so i might put some ketchup on it yeah uh, <laughs> day three, day three. I throw it out after day three, not on day three. Um, <laughs> oh, excuse me. So, 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 you know, you put the ketchup on and, and like it, you know, adds a little something. But there's people who just put ketchup on rice. You just told me that wild. and my heart fundamentally disagreed. That's cool. That's cool. I, I, I'm okay with being the bad guy. I'm sure. All right. Uh, I don't know if you heard that dog disagreeing <laughs> with me out there. <laughs> A lot of people seem to disagree with me and the rice, uh, uh, putting putting ketchup on, and not on white rice either, yellow rice. I would never put ketchup on white rice. Oh, yellow rice, that's a little different. I still don't want to do it, but I see why you would do it. 
Right. Like I thought you meant like regular rice. No, like, no, like no. Any you type know, of rice. Like you made some wild rice. You just throw some ketchup. No, on no, no. Rice and a, beans, ketchup on it. I'm just like, mm mm. No, no, no. All right, I apologize. That's my fault for leading you down this path. Yep. I would never put that on white rice, but that is a thing people like do. Like you've heard about it too. Yeah. Right? Like, like in the like, I'm in, not just making this up. I'm not crazy, right? No. And in the black community, black people do that with grits. Like, they'll put ketchup on their grits. Now, obviously, this doesn't apply to sweet grits, although I fundamentally disagree with sweet grits. But, like, there are sweet cereals. You can just have one. Like, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> people do it. You don't put ketchup on those. I'm talking about the salted grits that everybody else is eating, with or without cheese. And I know somewhere there's a lowbrow folk <laughs> who, who will put their ketchup on steak. Come on, they made a one. And yeah, there's so Come many on. options. I feel they like they made a one. You didn't have to do there, that. There's steak sauce. There's, there's something for that. Wor- the Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. It was the best of times. It was the Worcestershire. It was the Worcestershire of times. You know, you have options. Why would you put ketchup on steak? Yeah, like, and, yeah, no. No. I love talking to you, because I never, I didn't know this conversation was going to go this way. Yeah. But, yes, we put the tostones, well, I put the tostones in the mayo chup, uh, which which Heinz finally discovered Latinos were doing and decided to bottle oh. it up themselves and have a mayo ketchup bottle. No, um, like, but, Heinz. uh. And you tried it out. What did you think now that you've tried out? Oh, my God. The, You're putting the... me on the spot. Yeah, I, yeah. I really liked it. I, I didn't think that I, I would like it as much as I did. I don't know why. I put mayonnaise on my cheeseburgers, and I always put ketchup on my cheeseburgers. So I guess you could say that I've been eating mayo chup for a while already. But um, it was very, very good. Like, it complemented the flavors quite beautifully, actually, and it added a creaminess that I thought went well with the plantains. I, I enjoyed the mayo chup. Dope. Yay. All right. Oh, we he got did a, a little dance. Well, well, there, there was radio playing in the background because of the car. Whatever. So if that didn't pick up on the mic, then I was just dancing mm-hmm. for seemingly no reason. Anyway, <laughs> so much to talk about. We only talked about one of them because Alicia been cooking. <laughs> And we gonna get to we gonna get to more of what she's been cooking. I promised you at least one thing. If you were listening, uh, we are gonna be talking about one of them desserts that she made. I started but, to feel bad. You were doing so much of the cooking. I I wanted to step it up a little bit more. It's good to know that in the last two weeks, I've accomplished that goal. You've been cooking. Uh, I worked I worked up something too, but we're not gonna talk. You about worked it. up a couple of something. What do you mean? I don't think I, I I think only one thing I did was particularly like special and worth talking about. But we're not talking about that today. We're gonna talk about your cooking. Yeah. But we also gonna talk about some big news in New York City. We I don't feel uh, like we would be a legitimate food podcast if we did not talk about big news in the city. I don't know why I'm using the. <laughs> Cornery voice. Is that what you found that was? I, I was. Uh, I, I thought I was doing voice. Richard Nixon. I wasn't trying to do anything. Oh, I see. I just started I a that. voice, and that did have a sort of Nixon sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> like I was just talking about the news, and I came upon. I want my pictures of Spider Man, but <laughs> I. <laughs> I. Uh, I am not a criminal. <laughs> 
But September 30th. Which is very soon. Super soon. We will have another episode of Belly of the Beast on On that day. the 30th. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the next episode you hear, this will have happened. Carry on. I won't interrupt you anymore. Yeah. Um, September 30th. Indoor dining returns to New York City at 25% capacity. If you've been listening, all two of you, uh, if you've been listening uh, to the podcast, you know that we have our worries. How dare you? I think we have like five listeners. <laughs> we, 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 might, we may or may not have a couple more than that, but I don't <laughs> like to brag. I don't like to brag. You know? I like pretending that there's just like two people really adamantly listening and just this is I feel like there are. I feel like there are. I feel like two of you really, really, really (laughs) care about us. And the Um, rest of you are just like, oh, belly of the beast. No, 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 no. We I don't know. We we have our little following and 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 and, and we love you. So this one's regardless of anything, I would feed you (laughs) if I could see you. I you know And after this episode, you'll know how valuable that is. But, but September 30th, we there will be return to dining. And if you've been listening, then you know we had our own reservations about just the dining that we've been seeing outdoor. Whether I was pedaling my bike over to Cabana like last week and watching how close I thought people were sitting next to each other outdoors. Or when we would read the news and find out about um, rats attacking pedestrians because they've well, been starving. I wish you hadn't reminded me of that. I'm sorry. But we haven't been too comfortable with the idea of eating outdoors, like like just chilling like it's normal. Like, yeah, <laughs> summer's here. But now that we're returning indoors and at 25% capacity, do you feel that is safe enough to bring your patronage back indoors? To quote a Disney movie, I think it was The Lion King. Absolutely not. It's far too dangerous. (laughs) No, this is not going to work the way you want. Restaurants, I'm sorry. This is New York City. All the businesses are trying to reach their bottom line. Everyone is going to lie. You think that the restaurants are going to be at 25 cent capacity and they are not. They're going to be filled to bursting. There's not going to be enough space between people. There are going to be lines out the door and down the street. People have been starved for being outside. It would be best for you to remain inside even longer just to get over this just trying time that shouldn't even be existing. Just wait it out. No, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think we need to be opening restaurants right now. I don't think we need to be opening schools. We have not mastered our first wave. Americans are not treating this virus in a way that makes any sense and in a way that is in line with science and what the other developed nations have been doing. It doesn't feel good or safe, and I want no parts. Is this the express lane? This is not the express lane. Oh, this is okay. this is just... <laughs> See, now I'm starting to ask for, I'm asking about the express lane. He's, he's got me paranoid. It's like when somebody keeps tickling you after you say no. No, no, this was... the, the it's like, ah! This this is, is, ah! It's the express lane, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not... 
I don't I don't think we have time to really drive down that path. Oh. We will bring back the express lane uh, for those who've been enjoying it. Um, there's uh, uh, there, there's other things in the work too. I don't want the express lane to be the only thing. Well, we, we, we have like more we, we just have important news that we have to talk about. This that's the only reason I brought this up. Oh. Um now it's you you talked about how unsafe it is and people aren't taking it seriously enough. No, there's there's a real lack of proper social distancing standards in restaurants and I don't believe that they will be operating at 25 cent capacity. 25 cent capacity? Yeah. <laughs> it's at like the cheapest of capacities. <laughs> At 25% capacity, I, I feel like they'll be trying to cram in as many people as who want to come. I feel like we're going to be engaging in a lot of um, health theater. Okay. And I am already just like, yeah, whatever, you guys. So, like, you brought up two things. So this is that's two things now I want to talk about. So you brought up people being unsafe. Um, and you also don't even believe that we're truly going to be at... 25% capacity. No. I believe you are right on both counts. Like, Maybe not with everybody. I don't think everyone is going to necessarily outright flagrantly disobey the orders that no, were given. But, but, I think that... but I think some will. Yes. Because there have been closures. There have been restaurants who have been revoked of their liquor license because of Places that are throwing secret parties uh, and and not following the guidelines of the CDC and the order given by uh, Cuomo and de Blasio. I so believe. I think we're absolutely going to have that. Hold on. I know, I know you had something to say. Um, that's number one. Number two is that I had come across an article from NPR, and it was it, it, it gave me... I'm not even shocked by the fact it just makes sense like when you when when you think about it but adults with COVID-19 are twice as likely to have eaten at restaurants than people who don't have COVID-19 and yeah because the people twice <laughs> likely and to me the reason why is obvious the people who haven't eaten at restaurants haven't been outside to catch COVID-19. At all. Um, I was going to say that I believe that even the restaurants that are trying to obey the rules will really logistically get within 37 to about 49 or 58 percent capacity. Uh, I, I don't I, I think that's I think there will obviously be places that do that. But I think even going twice as much as a quarter of your capacity is a little too obvious. Like, you're going to get shut down if you're going that far. I don't know. I don't think that there are enough government agents to really do the amount of looking and legwork that they need to do to shut all these places down. You say that, and yet... Places stay getting shut down. Yeah, it's... it's. Yeah, but places also stay sliding through the gap. Like, the rooftop restaurant we went to for my sister's birthday... Was barely... Outdoors. It Only was barely. barely outdoors, and it wasn't technically six feet apart. Like, mm -hmm. they could have gotten shut, and shut down, but they weren't. Right. They skated by under the guidelines. And, and, and you, you hate to see it um, when your health is at risk. 
it's uh it's something i'm worried about the other thing is even if it's a quarter of your capacity a lot of places in manhattan and not just manhattan four of the boroughs i i I can't speak on long island but long island's not the borough (laughs) i can't speak on staten island i'm sorry oh my god um but there are places that are just small, you know? They're just small micro restaurants. And so when you, like a quarter capacity isn't even much. That's like you could sit two tables. <laughs> wow. And even then, like, you know, you sit two tables, somebody goes and use a restroom or if somebody's coming out to, you know, deliver the food you're going to have some sort of contact with people in these small, like these small capacity places. Anyway. Yeah. And it's, I don't like it is the thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not comfortable doing it. I am looking forward to getting to more restaurants, however. Yes, I do miss restaurants. And, and for reasons. But we'll see how it goes. There'll probably be a bunch of closures at first. Oof. Just like with the schools, there are starting to be closures. There will be more. Opening the schools is a dumb idea. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this podcast is. Mm-hmm. Even though I work in schools and have a rant or two in me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the you you'd, you'd mentioned the tostones. We still haven't even gotten into the brunt of the stuff that I cook. Yeah. Wait, I think it's time for another food break. Let, 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 let's talk about something else you made. Like, I need something to lighten the mood. Yeah. What, 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 what should we delve into next? Well, we started off talking about the hotel, and so I think it's logical to bring up um, the food that we brought with us, which was the Aki and Saltfish. Yes. Baki, Baki, Lao. <laughs> I've got to eat some Baki, Lao. That is a father, uh, that is a song my father sings. Aww. <laughs> And it sticks with me. Yo, Bacalao will, is the best. I, I'm, I'm going to tell him that I sang this song. Like, oh. as soon as we done recording, I'm going to give Pops a call. I'm like, yo, Dad. Baki, Baki, la. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, yeah. Oh, man. It was a salt fish filled two weeks. Yes. Like, 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 I oh rediscovered my, my roots here. Um, I had never made ackee and salt fish before. It was actually really interesting for me. Um, I had to learn all about how to remove the salt from the bacalao. And um, instead of boiling it to remove the salt, I prefer to let it soak overnight. And so um, what I'll usually do to get the salt content um, right, actually, is that I will soak it overnight or I'll soak it for a little longer than overnight. And then I'll boil it for like 10 minutes. And after that, like it's still salty, but it also flakes easily under a fork and isn't tough at all. So the less time you boil it, the better, really, because it's soft. I like to buy the boneless bacalao because like I don't want to waste my time taking the bones out. Like, no. And it's still really cheap. So um, I made the ackee and saltfish. And ackee and saltfish is a traditionally Jamaican dish. Ackee is a fruit, actually. That originates from the Caribbean. It is related to the lychee. And it looks like scrambled eggs, but has a light and buttery texture. That is what I thought it was the first time I ever had this. I am not... I always I, I always want to like give the Caribbean credit. But when I say 
that I'm not Caribbean. It's not true. Puerto Rico's in the Caribbean. Yes. It but is. <laughs> but it's not Aki is not part of my uh, uh, part of my culture. That's not something I've ever had before. I never even heard of Aki uh, until being in this beautiful relationship that I'm currently in. <laughs> uh, normally, when I'm having bacalao, there's different ways that I have. Uh, you know, bacalao and saltfish, if you haven't figured it out, and I'm sure we mentioned it before, are the same fish. Yes. And it is It is a type of cod. It is a codfish. Uh, <laughs> if you are in the supermarket and you see mm. pollock, it's the mm. same as well. Yeah, uh, it, it's uh, normally when I have bacalao, it's either in a bacalaito or a codfish fritter <laughs> or my father would make a bacalao salad sometimes. Oh, um, I don't so know about bacalao salad. That's really tasty. Uh, really, I can eat bacalao anywhere, anyhow, anyway, <laughs> anytime. Uh, but when I had Aki and saltfish, I really thought, is that eggs? Like, that was that threw me off. I was like... He doesn't like, like eggs, if you remember. Like, like and, and you know, I eat scrambled eggs. Like, I, I, I fucks with scrambled eggs, you know, depending on who's making them. But but um, I was still turned off by the idea of codfish and bacalao. I mean, and bacalao. <laughs> Silly me. Uh, and scrambled eggs. Yeah. And then I was told Aki, I'm like... Hmm, but I'm an animal and I'll eat anything at least once. So I'm going. Uh, uh, I ate. I was like, "Oh, this is this is good." And this it's is not a, egg. Not egg at all. Nope. Taste is. Uh, it's there. I like it. Aggie yep. and saltfish. Yeah, that'll do it. So I made my aggie and saltfish. I um, chopped up an onion, a green onion. One tomato. Lewis chopped up the tomato. And oh, she the, loved it. The way I diced them tomatoes, boy. Oh, yeah. And I think I used two red peppers. So um, I sauteed all of my vegetables, starting with the onions, adding the red peppers right after the onions when the onions are soft, but not like super, super soft. When they get a little like glassy, you add the peppers and then after that you add the garlic and the bacalao I like to after boiling my bacalao I like to season it with onion powder garlic powder salt pepper old bay old bay is imperative to all of these recipes if you're making fish you have to use old bay if you are from Maryland you believe you have to use old bay and many things that aren't fish but old bay is kind of a mandatory thing to have in your cabinet just get some old bay so I toss some Old Bay onto my bacalao and I add some paprika to it. And then I add it to all these sauteing vegetables. And then you add a can of drained ackee. I drained the can halfway. Um, so I added, a, there was a little bit of the juice from the can inside. After that, because you don't want to stir it too much, you... Um, Add the tomatoes. The tomatoes and the ackee should be the last things to go in the pot because they're both really soft and you don't want to overstir. The ackee should probably be last. Um, Preference-wise, you let that cook until it is hot through, seasoning it to taste. Feel free to add thyme, parsley, more Old Bay if you like. Obviously, paprika, salt, pepper, onion, garlic. Get that in you. 
Um, and then there are there are plenty of things that go with this dish. Traditionally, if you're Jamaican, you're going to want to have this with provisionals. And the provisionals are um, boiled banana, not plantain. It's a specific type of green banana. I have to ask my mom. She knows, and I don't. So you have boiled banana. You have bami, which is um, kind of like... A cassava hash brown soaked in coconut milk, but there's a little more nuance to it, but that's kind of how it works. Um, and there's there's cassava, which um, I believe Puerto Ricans refer to as, it starts with a Y, yuca. Um, yeah, so... We, I chose to make it because I wanted to blend our two cultures. I chose to make my Akian saltfish with um, mangu. And mangu is really just mashed plantain. Um, you mash the plantain, you add a little bit of water from the plantain. If you are frying some salami oil, you add some of the salami oil to it, you season it to taste, you mash it up. It turned out really well. I quite liked it. it and this was, was your first mangu. Yes, this was my first mango and my first Akin saltfish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I told you, she's, she, she, she was really experimenting in the kitchen there. <laughs> and uh, they turned out really well. Um, they especially, they paired especially well together. I really love the way our two cultures blended together. I was super proud of myself. Um, and so well, we absconded on our trip away from the city, I took my Akin saltfish with me because it was delicious and I wanted it. No, I, I was so happy about that. Um, knowing that we didn't need to order a bunch of food from a bunch of places because we brought our own food, we were fortunate enough. I don't, I don't know if it's a out out of New York thing, but or, or just because we were in a four star hotel. But we were fortunate enough to have a mini fridge at this particular hotel, and down in the lobby they had like a little snack section but along with the snacks they also had a microwave so you could heat up food downstairs Ba-bam. it really worked out in our favor although I really do like bacalao so much that I could have it you know like I could I could eat bacalao cold like I'm good but <laughs> but but it, but it was such a treat that we had to pack it with us and I'm glad we did because I know it would have been taken from us if we had left it here in the home. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, by the ever-rapacious parents. And speaking of them, um, my mother offered, I want to say two-ish weeks ago, to pay me to make the cheesecake I made for my sister's birthday. And we promised you that we would talk about this cheesecake. So uh, So it's time for the main event. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dessert time, man. This was crazy. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I didn't expect it to turn out as well as it did. So my sister was turning, I think, 29. And she wanted something extra special for her birthday. So she comes to me several months in advance. And she's just like, I'm turning 29. I feel a type of way because... I'm approaching 30, and I don't know if I like that. And I want something extremely fancy on my cake. And I was like, oh, extremely fancy. And she was like, extremely fancy. My sister's Leo, ladies and gentlemen. She was like, I deserve something extremely fancy. And that's what I want for my 29th birthday. So I was, so I was like, okay. 
And then, like, a month later, she comes to me and she's just like, so what are you making for my birthday? What what cake are you making? And I'm just like, oh, I'm making it? And she's just like, yes, you're making it. And I'm just like, all right, all right, all right. So I knew off rip that she wanted an apple cheesecake because she loves apples and she loves cheesecake and apple cheesecake. So, but I hate the way most places make apple cheesecake. Personal pet Tell peeve. Tell them why. You, 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 gave, you broke down exactly what bothers you about it and how you were going to do it different. I was like, word, okay, flex. Let's see what you do. Yes, okay. So what most people do when they make an apple cheesecake, they take the apples, they toss them in your winter seasonings, and then they line the bottom of the cheesecake with the apple between the graham cracker layer and the cheese layer proper. And I don't really like that because texture-wise, it just it throws me off. It ruins the continuity of the dish for me. And so I knew what I wanted to do was I wanted to make, instead of lining the bottom of the cake with apples, I wanted to make apple butter and infuse it in the batter of the cake. Um, I make a really, really good apple butter. And so I was excited to do this. The only drawback to apple butter is that it takes a really long time. So I bought a Johnny apple peeler and corer, which cut the working time on this project down by several hours and my mom let me use her instapot and I made some really really wonderful apple butter um let me know if you want the recipe for my apple butter it was quite delicious um I had a miniature disaster in which I partially melted my immersion blender but that's neither here nor there um (laughs) I then made up the cheesecake batter Um, really simple cheesecake batter. I take, um, my springform pan is kind of big. So I take four blocks of Philadelphia cream cheese, full fat, um, four eggs. It's a one-to-one ratio of eight ounce blocks of cream cheese to eggs. Um, if I'm trying to be super fancy, I will replace one of the eight ounces of Philadelphia cream cheese with mascarpone cheese. I can, I like to do half and half. That will change the texture of it. Sour cream will also give you another texture, but for this particular recipe, I just used cream cheese. Uh, I folded some of the apple butter, quite a bit of it actually, into the batter until it had a suitably appley taste. Then I marbled the apple butter through it in a really pretty design. And because my sister said that she had wanted something exceptionally fancy, I took several apples that I'd um, peeled and cored with my apple core and I laid them out in like this um, flower shape over the top of the cake so it looked like the cake formed like this like really really pretty flower that was instagrammable it was and then I dusted the top of the cake with uh, cinnamon and sugar and baked it in a water bath until it was done and it was a hit um this was amazing it was a huge hit like my mother offered to pay me for this cake i was just like mom you're my mom no this is honestly and i might be a little jealous because she's made me desserts before the best thing she's ever made wow i thought that the cake i made you for your birthday when we first started dating was quite good i also thought it was quite good you in very intentionally asked me about the things that i like the type of desserts i like the flavors i like and made a custom dessert just for me and it was fantastic it was a pink lemonade cheesecake with a brown butter rum crust so good and yet this apple cheesecake 
may have been the best thing <laughs> she's ever made. Not best dessert, best thing. Wow. Thing she okay. ever made. So good. And 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 I think it, that's phenomenal that she doesn't even know what she's capable of producing. She just has ideas and she'd be making things and like my parents went in begging for some of this cake. Like they 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 spoke to your sister and smuggled in some goddamn cake. <laughs> and and like <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. It it's just I, I feel that gives like too much insight into the relationship between <laughs> you and your your family. But like the cake wasn't for them. The cake wasn't even for us. It we wasn't. got to have it. My some, sister though, doesn't please. live with us. My sister didn't want to share the cake. Oh my mm. gosh. My sister took one slice of this cake and was just like, Oh, I'm so glad it's here. I'm not giving anyone any. And I was like, Really? And she was like, <laughs> No. No, it's so good. And 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 I have dreams sometimes. Uh, oh my no, god! I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But as I do think about it right now, like I do, like look back on it fondly. It's like that was really good. It was really good. I gotta buy some more apples because I've just been eating the apples here. Yeah, and I was annoyed with you for that, but it's okay. You wasn't making anything. I need more cream cheese. But anyway, it's fine. Um, I also made some codfish fritters which were very, very good. And I feel like they're very similar to the Ackee and Saltfish like you. They're very simple to make, surprisingly so. You just take the pre-prepped bacalao, um, the way we discussed, you soak it or boil it or however you're going to go pre-prep it, and you season it with what we talked about. And then you add one diced tomato, two diced, two diced scallions, one cup of flour, one tablespoon of baking powder, and your seasonings. Now, I like to season my flour again because uh, flour can be very bland. So I like to add um, salt, pepper, onion powder, garlic powder, some more Old Bay. And this recipe calls for half a cup of water, but uh, I don't like to use water when recipes call for water because it's very bland and so I will add the same amount of liquid in like some sort of broth so if it calls for water and it's like a fish based recipe if I have some fish stock water I'll use that usually I'll use chicken stock water um if you're making a beef based recipe and something calls for water just use a beef bouillon or a better than bouillon thing and it'll just turn out great. So this recipe, I didn't have any uh, wet bouillon ingredients. So I added a bouillon packet to the dry ingredients. I made sure to sift the flour and the spices together beforehand. And then I added my half a cup of water. This will yield a beautiful sort of chunky wet batter that you can really play around with if you want. Um, and then I fried them in hot oil on both sides really to get that fritter texture that's so good you're gonna want to crush these guys down pretty flat um they turned out really deliciously especially after i added the chicken bouillon it was lovely truly enjoyed it very good very tomatoes good. have been featuring very heavily in our diet it's uh 
we're, we're, I feel like we're trying to do a bunch of things when when we spend time in the kitchen, whether it's rediscovering our roots uh, and making things that are more customary to our cultures or just making things that we haven't had at all. Like, like it like there's been a lot of discovery, both 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 discovery of self and discovery of other cultures as well. I don't feel like whenever we walk into the kitchen, we're doing the same thing we've been doing. It's it's like new month, new theme. What am I going to create today? Yeah. <laughs> it's like being a mad scientist. But it, with food. It is. It, it, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm not even someone who particularly enjoys cooking. I always say that. I don't enjoy cooking. I just like eating and I have to make food in order to get to the eating portion. We'll convert him. But, but, but. You know, when when you do something and, you know, you have your finished product, it's always very nice to yeah. get that result, especially when it's a positive result. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt about the cake. I was honestly blown away by how much you guys liked it. What are you guys making? Uh, I, I would love to know what you guys are exploring. Please tell us. In, uh, in your kitchens and uh, what you're ordering from restaurants. Of course, you can always let us know. By hitting us up on social media, you can hit us up at Belly of Bob on Twitter, which I've been more active on Twitter. You may or may not have seen, uh, but I've been more active there. Uh, it's also Belly of Bob on Instagram. Uh, Bob's Beast, uh, Bob's Beasts uh, uh, over on Facebook. I don't know why I was like really struggling to get that out. Uh, Bob's Beasts over on Facebook, or you can just look up Belly of the Beast on Facebook and you will see us. We are there. We are, you know, just, just, just click us and uh, send us a message. You can also, ahem, ahem. You can also ask whatever you, questions you want on our podcast. That's right. You could be part of the podcast by sending us a voice message at anchor. Uh, all you got to do is go to anchor.fm slash belly dash of dash the dash beast. Uh, yeah, anchor.fm slash belly of the beast. You can also send us beautiful suggestions via message. So if you want to have your voice heard on our podcast, feel free to reach out to us um, through that medium. And, and you don't need to download uh, uh, the app. You don't need a microphone set up. You can Ooh. really just... Record it from your phone, wherever yep. you are. And, and we'll hear you. And we may just put your voice on here. So, yeah. uh, 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 I feel like we have one more thing to talk about before we say whether or not these people have survived or not. I don't not. know if they will. I don't know either. Yes. Time will tell. I don't know. We haven't decided where we're going to eat yet. But our destinations of, have opened up. <laughs> for where they we have. can eat, for where we can reach out to. Uh, and that is because somebody got a car. I bought a car. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Yes, I am now the proud owner of a nice used car. She is a 2003 Toyota Camry named Trudy. Oh, she's a pearlescent gray. She she's really about to cry right now. I think. 
Like, if you know Alicia, you know that's actually true. I'm not exaggerating. She might just cry here on the microphone. Shush. um, (laughs) she's insured she's a young baddie and as soon as my plates come in belly of the beast will be on the road i'm excited for that i'm excited oh yeah we 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 talked about uh when we when we hit our first when we hit our anniversary that um our beast's birthday yes our beast's birthday um i i know that i talked about places that i wanted to reach out to in uh in the new year and it's been hard to do traveling when you're quarantined. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it does put a damper on your efforts. You know, so so I, I do want to reach out to places in Brooklyn. And I do want to reach out to places in the Bronx. And Staten Island, we love you too. <laughs> but but, but uh, we... With have a set of wheels, it'll be easier to get there. So much easier. And and no delivery fees from these apps. Other fees. Yeah. Like insurance. Insurance, gas. Oh, my God. Responsible adults. Mostly insurance. <laughs> but, um. Geico lied to y'all. Not the cheapest out there. <laughs> Don't listen to that gecko. But, um, it's. It's uh, it, it's it, it's, it's really cool that we have this opportunity to expand our horizons, both figuratively and literally. And I am excited. You are excited, <laughs> and you have officially survived the belly of the beast. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>